Good Friday afternoon to you. My name is Wiley and I am bringing to you a new episode content. It's called The Wiley Report. And The Wiley Report is basically a report that talks about the intersection of ideas, of information, of policies, legislation, and how it affects you and me. Because I wholeheartedly believe that these things affect every part of our life. Life is lived in the intersections. In case you're wondering, you know, how I got so interested in these topics, it's because I've spent 13 years as a librarian in academic and special library government type environments. I'm also an information science doctoral uh, student. I've also worked pretty much in every area of uh, business. I've been customer service, I've done technical support, I've done education, retail, um, as well as information technology. Those are my experiences. I've also been Black all my life, so I have the lived experience of being a Black person. I've also spent about 20 years uh, living as a masculine upcenter lesbian before I identified as trans. And I bring that up because I believe that we, me, you, us are not monolithic. We uh, have varied identities and we bring each of those identities, there are lens of experience when we look at life, when we look at what's happening to us, when we look what's going on around us. So I bring all those to the room in navigating space when I talk to people, because all of those have been varied stories, varied levels of experience that I have. And so like I said, today you're listening to episode one. You can let me know if you like this type of podcast. If you have comments, concerns, issues, wileyreport at gmail.com. It's, it's spelled just like it sounds. W-I-L-E-Y-R-E-P-O-R-T, one word, at gmail.com. Let's get started, shall we? You know, for me, like I was saying, this is the intersection of ideas and information, legislative policies and policies in, in themselves and how they affect us. I talk about that because diversity, equity, inclusion, and access is frequently used these days. I'm going to share my screen. You probably won't ever see this, but I'm going to share it so I can get my notes together. There you go. So basically, I was saying earlier that diversity, equity, and inclusion and access is frequently used, uh, it's used terms, it's a used term these days. Uh, since the murder of George Floyd, numerous institutions, organizations around the globe are creating job posts, hiring individuals. I don't have a qualm with this at all. Yet the underlying question to me is, why is it poignant now? Just a couple of weeks ago, we had individuals debating whether America is a racist country. Legislatively, we have states that are creating laws to restrict people's voting abilities. I want you to take a moment and think about that because when they're creating these policies, these same policies affect and impact individuals in a specific state, which means they're creating these laws knowing that the very policies that they are creating will do what? Exclude people. And they're doing it all across the globe globe. I want you to think about that. In medicine, the top editor of the Journal of the American Medical Association stepped down amid a podcast discussion in which Dr. Edward Livingston suggested that we should take racism out of the conversation about societal inequity. 
saying that, quote, structural racism is an unfortunate term to describe a very real problem. Communities of color were held back, not by racism, he said, but by socioeconomic factors and a lack of opportunity. A tweet promoting the podcast claimed that, quote, no physician is racist, and it was later deleted. I find this to be an interesting statement, considering historically the American Medical Association knew about the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. That was an experiment that lasted 40 years in which Black men were not provided information about the study, not given treatment for syphilis. It came out after being linked to the press. While there has since been a formation of institutional review boards overseeing the conduct of research, informed consent, numerous presidents have apologized. Yet what's true is the American Medical Association, like I said, they knew about it, but they never issued an apology or provided any redress. Yet to bring this conversation, this idea, this thought in current context, let's talk about people's actual lived experience, specifically as it relates to COVID, HIV, AIDS, cancer, high blood pressure, diabetes, Black people, people of colors, lived experience in women's health, healthcare, trans health. Many have experienced disparities regarding the ethics of care, treatment, access to information, informed consent, and many others. In terms of scholarship, uh, I believe the author's name is Mandeville. She's a writer that's affiliated with the New York Times, shares that it was only in 2013 that racism was first introduced as a searchable keyword in this database that's called Public, public Med or PubMed. JAMA, which is the Journal of American Medical Association, published the least. It's also true that the New England Journal of Medicine rarely addressed racism until they had Dr. Eric Rubin, its current editor, as of 2019. The Journal, uh, the American Journal of Public Health, published you know more studies. Yet at many medical journals, the lack of scholarship leads to an approach to healthcare disparities that, that skirts any discussion of racism. And this was said by a black primary care physician that's located at Mount Sinai. You know, I bring this up because I know these are separate terms. We talked about legislation. I talked about medicine, scholarship, historical cases, lived experiences. Yet I believe wholeheartedly that these are not compartmentalized issues. Society, health, equity, they're intersected. Much like diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility intersects every area of life. People's beliefs ideologies, infrastructures, information policies, legislations impact you and me on a daily basis. It is all around us. People, me, you, us always need to be in the room and the rooms for these conversations, the application and implementation of policies and legislation. Why do I say that? Because your voice, your life, your story, your experience matters and is important. Never forget. And it's also true to note that diversity, equity, and inclusion and access is not the same as acknowledging the impact of structural racism, addressing harm, or discussing redress. The truth for today and always is that people have experienced harm systemically, culturally, economically, financially, legislatively. In efforts to address the harm, you do have to look at the policies that are created, the structures and the systems that are within organization. 
for example, in scholarship, as I was telling you, and that article that I was mentioning by Amanda Villy, uh, it's in the New York Times. Basically, uh, one of the editors uh, pointed out the disparities in staffing for, I believe it was the New England Journal of Medicine. And he wrote, quote, I note with humor, but absolute sincerity that there are more editors named David at your journals than black or Latin editors combined or East Asian and South Asian editors separately. Dr. Rubin responded and arranged to have a meeting, but the meeting didn't exist. And he later said in a, in a later article that he believed that people are really resistant or just really resistant to the very possibility that somebody might call them a racist or we might suggest that they hold racist views or ideas. I want you to think about that because often the problem, the issue is that people are more concerned about the appearance of racism than actually addressing racism. That's really what he said. And because of that, there is unwillingness or really this tendency to shut down the conversation whenever it goes there. Yet that's a problem because if you shut down the conversation, then that means you don't really address the belief. You don't address the ideology. You don't address, you don't change. You don't have the ability to impact anything. Yet I suggest to you that this doesn't just occur in scholarly journals, though I know I was giving you a conversation or at least statements that related to a scholarly journal. But think about this in the context of institutions and organizations and owners of Fortune 500 companies, the number of billionaires, millionaires, small business owners, very professionals. How many people in those groups represent Black people or people of color? What we can't say is that we can't say is because people that are Black or people of color don't exist. We also cannot say that Black people or people of color don't have skill sets, expertise, or knowledge. But what we can say is that Black people, people of color, don't necessarily have access to the level of opportunity, to the rooms and the spaces, these types of conversation, the implementation of policies, resources, applications, even opportunities to interview. Think about it, the number of institutions that have diversity statements, but sometimes when you go to their website or look at the personnel on staff, there are no people of color or no black people exist. I know I've said a lot to you today, but I hope what I've said at best makes you think because you know what, that's the point. I've given you a lot. I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it in the context of how it affects your life, your circle of influence, because I believe every single person on this globe has a circle of influence. There is something that you can do. And I want you to remember these things. One is so much deeper than the concept of diversity, equity, inclusion, and access. I'd even go so far as to say it's so much deeper than just the idea of what those terms mean. Two, make sure you're thinking about structural racism, how people have been oppressed, harmed, the policies and structures that exist and are being written to cause this. Three, let go of the idea that this will be a warm and fuzzy, polite conversation. Five, let go of the need to be more concerned with what it appears to be. Let's let go of the idea that it's more important to be concerned about the appearance of racism rather than addressing it. Be willing to have the conversation, to sit in the room, to feel the level of uncomfortability, to know that maybe something that has happened, something that has been said, is something that is occurring, is not necessarily something that you did, but it still happened. Be open, hold space for that. Do more than listen. 
be willing to amplify your voice and the power that you have within your circle of influence. That's all I have. If you liked what you heard today, let me know. If you have comments, you have concerns, you want to be on the show, feel free to email me at wileyreport at gmail.com. We'll be here each week. Peace. This is a conversation about the intersection of ideas, information, policies, legislation, and how it impacts you and me, because life is lived in the intersections. Peace.